So you're really just training yourself to step into greater leadership when you focus not only on the very, very concrete goal, like the very concrete outcome of the project, but the bigger why behind the project and how it fits into the bigger picture goals and activities at your company. If you have a clear understanding of how this project fits into the bigger picture, you will be more equipped to solve those things. You will not need to always go to leadership and go to your boss and say, help me with this. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to part two on this mini podcast episode series all about managing up and scoping projects and stepping into that higher level of leadership when you are asked to do a project that is big or complicated or highly cross-functional, or just new, and you want to make sure that you are doing an excellent job and showing people around you that you have what it takes to thrive and over-deliver even on a complicated, challenging project at work. So in part one, I walked through why it is so important to do this, and you want to listen to part one because you need to understand how this managing upwards and scoping ties into your reputation as a leader. They are intimately connected and that insight and that understanding is equally as important as the how-to on this. So definitely don't skip part one. In part two, I'm telling you how to do this, how to manage expectations, how to manage upwards when you are assigned a new, big, complicated project, what that looks like, and to make this so actionable for you, I created a resource that goes along with part two, that goes along with this episode that you can use to manage upwards and to scope new projects that you are about to get started on. This is a PowerPoint template of a few simple slides. These are slide templates that you can fill in with the information for your project that you can use to do the things that I'm going to be recommending you do in today's episode. You will find this template inside my free resource library, which is a library of all of my free video courses and worksheets. And you can access it at the link in the show notes or by heading to justguzzitcoaching.com slash free resources and signing up for the free resource library. And this episode will help you understand what is in those templates and how you want to be using them. So before I dive in, let's align all together on the goal of managing upwards and slowing down to scope out your projects before you dive into them. And again, if you want more context on this, listen to part one. But the goal is when you are assigned a project, your goal is to slow down and clarify the timelines, the goals, how the project is going to be executed. Your goal is to slow down and clarify 
all of those things before you dive into the actual execution of the project. The reason you're doing that is it avoids miscommunication around the expectations of what your boss or leadership at your company wants or expects from you when it comes to that project. It also demonstrates an enormous amount of leadership. So when you get asked to do something and you circle back by clarifying exactly what you're being asked to do, exactly how you're going to do it, and exactly what it's going to look like, that helps your boss see that you have it handled. You are not just mindlessly executing it, but you are deeply thinking about it. You are leading through it, and they can put their foot off the gas a little and let you take the lead. It shows leadership. It also helps you get better project outcomes because when you plan ahead, it sets you up for higher quality execution. And this helps you identify obstacles and roadblocks and plan for them in advance of the project kicking off versus encountering them during the project and having to deal with the stress that comes up when you're working on something and problems start to arise. So that is why this is so important. And what we're going to talk about today is the how. How do you do that? How do you manage up? How do you scope the project? How do you express to your boss and to leaders at your company exactly what it is you are going to be working on and doing? So when you are scoping a project, there are a few things that you are clarifying on behalf of your boss and on behalf of leadership. I think we sometimes think It's their job. It's my boss's job to tell me what to do. It's my boss's job to understand what it is I'm supposed to be doing. Even though that to a certain extent is true, I want you to take on that responsibility. I want you to make it your job to understand the goal of the project, to understand why it's important, right? I want you to take full ownership of it only because that is what's going to benefit your career And the more you do that, literally, the more you're going to get put on high-quality, important projects and the faster you're going to get promoted. So it's almost as if you're acting as if your boss isn't even a part of this, right? It's as if they've gone on vacation and they're gone and you're now mapping out how you're going to make this happen. All of the initiative, all of the scoping, all of the decisions are being made by you. Now, of course, you're going to share them back with your boss but you're the one initiating, right? You're the one taking on the leadership of deciding what this project is going to look like. So when you're scoping your project, here are the things that you want to be outlining and communicating back to your boss. And these are the things that you will find in the PowerPoint template that I mentioned, right? So it's a series of PowerPoint pages that walks through these things that you can literally use to take this episode and apply this to the work that you do. So the first thing that you want to share back in your scope is the goal for the project. You want to share back what is the goal. And there are two components of the goal that are key to aligning on. And again, these are in the PowerPoint. So don't stress about memorizing this. You will find this in the template. I'm walking you through it so you can learn it, but you don't have to like take notes. Oh, you could take notes, but you don't have to. Okay, so there's two parts to the goal. The first part is the end result of the project. Just think about this as working backwards. The project is over 
what have we accomplished? We want to get clear on the end result. This might seem obvious, but you would be surprised by the amount of times that you hear one thing and you think it's something, but really your boss was thinking something else, right? So based on what you heard from your boss and based on your own common sense and your own understanding of your team's priorities and what's going on at your company, so don't leave your common sense at the door when you're doing this project scoping. Use your common sense, use your genius, use your smarts, use your intellect, use it all to make your work product better. You want to slow down and ask yourself, what is the end result that we are going to be creating for this project? That is part one of the goal. Part two of the goal, you want to ask yourself, why? Where does this project fit into our broader business objectives? This why is so important. Because number one, it acts as a North Star. If you know the bigger why behind the goal of this project, if you have that bigger picture understanding of how this project fits into your company's objectives, you have an additional layer of leadership that you can bring to the project. Because let's say something comes up. And there's a decision that needs to be made in terms of how the project is executed or maybe an unexpected obstacle pops up. If you have a clear understanding of how this project fits into the bigger picture, you will be more equipped to solve those things. You will not need to always go to leadership and go to your boss and say, help me with this. If you have that bigger picture understanding, that CEO level understanding of how this project fits into the bigger picture, if you have a CEO level understanding, you can have CEO level problem solving. So you're approaching this project not just as you in whatever your role is or your function, but you're putting on the lens of the CEO. If I had to explain to the CEO of my company what this project is, I would for sure explain to them how it fits into the bigger picture, right? And so by you taking that extra step, you're thinking about it more broadly. You're thinking about it the way a CEO would, which also means that when obstacles come up, you're going to be able to problem solve through them at a higher level. So you're really just training yourself to step into greater leadership when you focus not only on the very, very concrete goal, like the very concrete outcome of the project, but the bigger why behind the project and how it fits into the bigger picture goals and activities at your company. So that is the first thing that you want to get really clear on when you're scoping a project and when you're managing expectations and you're managing upwards is you want to get clear on the goal. And that includes both the end result of the project and how the project fits in to those bigger picture objectives of your company. Now, I'm going to add a little bonus tip here. This is not necessarily the topic of this podcast episode, But because all of these topics are interwoven, this is such a beautiful place for me to show you how some of the different topics and skills that you build all overlap with each other. So we're talking about scoping a project, and we're talking about the goals of the project, and how you're going to start by clarifying with your boss the end result and how that end result fits into the bigger picture. 
This is a huge, huge opportunity for you to flex your persuasion skills and for you to step into greater leadership by inspiring everyone around you. So when you're speaking about a project that's about to kick off and when you're talking about how it fits into those bigger picture goals of your company, that's really an opportunity to get people excited about something that is going to move the needle on your company's goals. I want you to think about this. This project that you're doing is going to have a real impact on your company's goals and on their business objectives. And every single person who's involved in it gets to have a little piece of that. So when you're sharing the scope of a project and you're talking about the goals and talking about how it fits into the bigger picture, just remember, it's not just about explaining that in a cut and dry way, but that's actually a huge opportunity to channel your excitement for how this fits into the bigger picture and to help your audience get excited about this piece of work. Because the more excited they are and the more invested they are, the more powerful a working team you're going to end up having. Like the better the execution of the project is going to be. So this scoping and this sharing of the goals, it's not just about creating clarity and making sure everyone's on the same page and stepping into leadership, but it's also about you really showing up to inspire everyone around you and set the tone for what is going to be a bigger, more complex project. It's your opportunity to really calibrate the tone of that project to one of excitement and one where people feel invested. It almost reminds me of like tuning an instrument before you play. I don't have a lot of musical skills, I will say. I have a ukulele. <laughs> I'm, I tried to teach myself to play it. It hasn't gone that well. Um, but it has a tuner. And before I attempt to play on it, I have to tune the ukulele. And, you know, with the tuner, it's like you're using that tuner that the tuner kind of like, quote unquote, knows how the note is supposed to sound and it helps you make sure that the instrument is sounding correct. I think about like this persuasion and getting people excited as like tuning the instrument of your work project. So if you start off a work project and people aren't excited and they feel like it's extra work and it's drudgery, the whole project is going to feel off. It's going to be like playing a piano or an instrument that's out of tune. So when you're sharing the goal of your project and you're talking about why you're excited and why it is inherently exciting for the company and for the people involved, it's like you're tuning the instrument, right? Like you're setting the project up to be smooth and to play a beautiful, accurate, wonderful sounding set of notes, right? So that's why this goal piece of the scoping is so much more than just saying, oh, like, this is what we're trying to achieve on this project. It's so much more than that, right? It's like showing people the bigger why behind what they're doing, which, by the way, is something that you totally need to do as a leader if you want to be able to step up into bigger and bigger leadership positions. Because the higher position you're in, the more you're relying on other people to execute for you. So you need to know how to tune the instrument. Like you need to know how to generate genuine excitement and a genuine sense of people feeling invested in the project. That is so, so, so important for you to be able to do. Okay, 
That was the first thing with scoping, which is just clarifying the goals of the project. There are a few more pieces to walk through. I didn't expect that part to be as long as it was, but I think there was some really, really good learning in there for you. Okay, so after you share the goals, the next thing you want to share is the how you are going to get there. How are you going to make that goal come to life? And I recommend sharing this in terms of a phase timeline with checkpoints and milestones connected to each phase of the work. So when you're sharing with leaders and executives how you plan to tackle a piece of work, like you're doing that managing up, it's easiest for them to understand it if you can phase it out and chunk it out. And so you want to step back and think about if I had to chunk out this project into two or three or four phases, it's obviously going to depend on the nature of the project, right? But if I had to chunk it out, what would those phases be? Now, listen, some projects are going to have really obvious phases and some you're going to have to get creative, but this is not about like super duper precision. Part of the reason that we phase it out is because it's just easier for your audience to take in the information if you can chunk it down for them. So if you can say, okay, this project is going to have like roughly these three phases and here's what's going to happen in each, that's much easier for your audience because they can focus on understanding one phase at a time. So don't get like perfectionist about what each phase needs to be. That is not the goal of this part of the scoping Just think about it more as like, I'm simplifying this, I'm dumbing this down, I'm making this easier for all of us to take in by just breaking it into pieces. Breaking things into pieces is one of the best, most useful ways to make your communication stronger. It's something that I teach and we do a bunch inside the Art of Speaking Up Academy. And it's something I suggest you do when you're scoping your work and creating this scoping document for your stakeholders is breaking it up into phases. Now, for each phase, what I recommend you do is I recommend you communicate a rough estimate for how long each phase is going to take. Now, you might not know exactly how long each phase is going to take. That's okay. You can put ranges. You can also indicate on your slide that these are estimates, right? You'll see on the template that I give you that it kind of shows examples of how to do those things. Because again, it's not, this is not about like putting you on the hook for deadlines that you might not be able to maintain. This is not what that is. It's about trying to make this big intangible project more bite-sized and more digestible and more concrete. It is for sure going to change and evolve as you get into it. And your stakeholders will be okay with that as long as you set that as the expectation, right? So if you put a timeline in front of your stakeholders and a senior executive in the meeting raises their hand, I'm imagining them raising their hand, which why would they do that? That's weird, but whatever. They raise their hand and they say, hey, so I see that on this timeline, you've written that this project is going to be completed by the end of December. Does that mean that I can assume that in January, then my team can start working on this other thing that's dependent on your project finishing and I can go ahead and confirm that for my team? I would say back to that stakeholder, I would say, this is our best estimate 
based on what we know so far. However, we're planning to iterate on this timeline as we get deeper into this project. So at this point in time, I wouldn't recommend making it official for your team. But what I can tell you is that as we get deeper into the project, we're going to have a clear understanding of how closely we'll be able to align against the timeline. And I will let you know as soon as that end date is finalized and set in stone. I wanted to get dates out here for us so that we have a general sense so that we're working with something in this initial scoping discussion. And I'll follow up with you with more set in stone dates once we are confident that we are going to hit those milestones, right? So it's like you you get to control what you're promising to other people. You get to stay in leadership on this. It's your project. And so that's an example of like how you would approach it from that energy of like, it's your project and you're staying in leadership. And this timeline isn't to put you on the hook for deadlines and stress you out, right? This timeline is your best attempt at making something big and complex, more bite-sized, understandable, and concrete. Now, on this timeline, what you also want to include, in addition to the different phases of the project and how long you estimate each one will take, is the outcome for each phase, right? What are the outcomes? What are the milestones that you are planning to hit along each phase of the project. This is also going to be so helpful for you because you're starting to build your own guide of how you're going to execute. So you'll find that the more you do this, the more clear and the less stressed you feel going into these projects, right? Because for each of the phases, you know exactly what you're delivering on. So You're not just doing your boss and leadership a favor by mapping this out. You're doing yourself a favor by mapping this out. Okay. Now, once you have the phases and the estimated timelines and the milestones and accomplishments for each phase, the other piece that you want to add to this is who's involved in each phase, right? So what teams are going to be working on what phases? You might have different teams plugging into different phases of the project. You might have pretty much the same cross-functional working group for the entire time. But especially if this is cross-functional, especially if lots of different resources will be involved in this project, you want to make it really, really clear who will be involved when. I mentioned in part one of this two-part episode series, I mentioned that part of the purpose of this scoping and this managing upwards is so that you can avoid obstacles. And by you showing what teams are needed at what different phases of the project, if there are teams that are at capacity that are going to have a hard time helping with this project, you putting that information out in this scoping document is going to surface that ahead of time. And then you can have a conversation on how to work around resource constraints, right? Rather than like starting the project and then having team leaders or people on teams say like, I don't have time for this. Like, I can't do this, right? So that's going to get surfaced ahead of time. And then you're in the power position, you know? So for let's give another example. For example, let's say the executive, the fictional executive in your meeting raises their hand and says, no, my team is so busy. Like, there's no way they can spend six weeks working on phase one of this project. You can say, okay, great. It sounds like there's 
a capacity constraint, right? It sounds like our resources are pretty stretched. Why don't I walk you through what we're trying to achieve in phase one? We can talk about how to get there. We can talk about how your team's resources are currently allocated, and we can find a way to work with all of the different constraints, ideally, to get this project kicked off and to get phase one going, right? Again, you're in the power position. You're the leader. You want to have that confidence, that confidence of like, no problem. I will get us a solution to fix this. And by the way, when people in your audience like raise, obviously, they don't raise their hands. This is now like a running joke on this episode. Like the, the executive raises their hand like a student in a classroom to ask you a question. But when people in your audience raise their hand, they're concerned, they're stressed, they don't like it. It's so important that in your response, you don't mirror back the stress, right? So if a stakeholder says, my team is too busy, or a stakeholder says, no, no, we can't do it this way. Like whatever it is they say when they raise their hand, if they're giving off vibes of stress and anxiousness, you don't want to deflect anxiousness back to them. You want to give off vibes of, cool, we'll figure this out. Let's figure this out, right? That's the energy that you want to be exuding. And I think sometimes when a stakeholder is anxious, then we get anxious and we project anxiety back to them and then they get more anxious and then we get more anxious and then we get into a loop of anxiety that now involves another human because I think for a lot of us, we get into anxiety loops in our own heads in total isolation. But then you can also get into one with another person where you're both escalating each other's anxiety. And it is so important that your presence, your energy is not reflecting back that anxiety, but is reflecting back a confidence and a certainty that a solution will be found. Because that certainty and that confidence helps de-escalate your stakeholders' anxiety. It's going to help them be much more open to being flexible and saying, well, okay, maybe I can free up one person on my team to help you, right? But if you (laughs) reflect anxiety back to them, and you're like, oh no, well, you wouldn't say it that way, right? But like they might sense it through your energy. It's a lot less likely then that they would come back to you and say, oh, well, maybe I'll compromise, right? So that's just a little, again, bonus tip on this. Because like I said, so many of these topics are like interdependent and woven across one another. Okay, so you have your phases, You have the timelines for each. You have the goals and the milestones for each. You have who is involved in what phase. The last thing that you want to make sure to include are the checkpoints along the way. So at what point are you going to be checking in to share updates and to share progress reports and results and things like that with stakeholders? It it varies project to project. Maybe you're working on a project where you're only going to check in when the entire project is done. But maybe you're working on a really big project that's going to be having regular check-ins every month or maybe at the end of phase one and the end of phase two and the end of phase three. So you want to scope out how often you'll be checking in. This is very important because leaders and executives have drastically different expectations for what this should look like. And there's going to be some projects where they don't want to be super involved and you can just run with it on your own and there are going to be others where they are going to want to be more involved. Now, when you're setting this cadence of check-ins, you want to use your best guess as to what you think is best for the project, but you also want to get a temperature check with them 
of, is this something where they're going to be feeling anxious if they're not really a part of it? And is this something where it's seeming like, you know, for example, let's say you share the timeline with them and let's say it's a three-month timeline and there's a midpoint check-in with your stakeholders and then just a check-in at the end and they're seeming anxious one thing you might consider is saying, hey, you know, as we're talking about this, I'm wondering if we might want to have a higher frequency of steering committee check-ins. What are your thoughts on, instead of just having the midpoint check-in, what are your thoughts on having two midpoint check-ins and checking in once every four weeks? So you really want to be paying attention because these check-ins are the key place where leadership and stakeholders are going to be a part of the work. So you want to notice how they're responding and make sure that the cadence that you're building is the cadence that they want to be involved in. So that brings us to the end of how to apply this process of managing upwards and properly scoping a new or complicated or big piece of work or project that you are about to embark on. And I know that this was kind of a detailed episode in terms of me walking through a lot of steps and a lot of tactical things. That is why I think the supplemental PowerPoint template is going to be really, really helpful for you because basically it includes everything that I walked through in PowerPoint form and it's filled out as an example project. So instead of giving you a blank template where you have to stare at a blank page and be like, WTF, how do I fill this out? It's actually filled out as if it was like a fake fictional project so that you can see exactly what this looks like. You can then take what's filled out in it, delete it, and put your project inputs into it. You can grab this resource and grab this PowerPoint template inside my free resource library if you click the link in the show notes or head to jessicasacoaching.com slash free resources. Sign up for the free resource library and you will find this under a section called templates. There is a new section in the free resource library called templates and that's where you will find the template that goes with this episode so that you can take this, you can remember it, you can apply it. The last thing I'll say here which is something that I said in part one, which is that the point of this is for you to act and look like a leader. So in the end of the day, what I'm sharing with you here, it's not about all the steps. It's not about the template, although that's going to help you, but it's about leadership. That's what I want you to see. I want you to see that bigger picture because I want you to be thinking of yourself as a leader. Well, as a leader, of course, I'm going to spend time scoping this project. Of course, I'm going to align with my stakeholders and executives. Of course, I'm going to come in with this perspective on what this should look like. When you see yourself as a leader and you start acting like a leader, you become more effective in your job and you feel way more confident. And that's what I want for you. I don't just want you to have the perfect document for scoping your work and managing stakeholder expectations. I want you to feel amazing. I want you to feel like you've got it, like you know what you're doing, like you're stepping into leadership, like you're taking up all of the space. And so my hope is that you will use these episodes and this template resource to help you do that. Like I said, you can grab the template by heading to jessgazitcoaching.com slash free resources and getting access to the free resource library. And before I close out this episode, if you found this helpful and if you learned something, 
please share this episode series with a friend who is equally ambitious and who would benefit from learning this information. I so appreciate it when you share the show and it is super helpful for the person that you share it with because they get access to all of these resources they might not have known about otherwise. Thank you so much for being here. I had so much fun recording these and I will catch you in next week's episode. Bye.